<sighs> Hello. It has been a while since I've come back to this, but uh, I just wanted to pick a topic that I cared about and made sure that I really thought about it. You know, I gave it a good, good old thinking for about a week just to make sure I knew what I was saying was really what I thought. And the topic that I decided to choose was definitely something that affects a lot of people that were born in the past 20 to 30 years, and that's something, you know, mental illness, or more specifically, depression. And I, I really wanted to talk about this, mostly because it has been a big part of my life, personally, as well as the people around me. And I also see it very prevalent within our culture. And I just wanted to talk about how this how we perceive this mental illness or i guess ailment versus other things and what that has brought us to today and well first let's define depression and i, I would define it as maybe not exactly like an illness per se where you get depression and you all of a sudden cannot do a ton of things right uh, Basically, when you imply that you have gotten depression, it means there's a cure for it. And I don't agree with that. I don't think depression is, quote-unquote, an illness. You don't just get depression and there is a magical cure. I can't speak, but I think that depression is more of a loss of something. You are not gaining depression. You are, in fact, losing something very human, which is... The human desire to improve, desire to look forward, to have hope, to do, to, you know, be human, right? And I guess I'll explain more into what I think about this. And uh, I guess it's really prevalent in when you look at the symptoms of depression, right? The telltale signs of a depressed person is they lose hope. They've lost the enjoyment and stuff. They've lost the childlike aspect of life, right? The, the fun. There is no more happiness. Like, and I mean, I think that's why people can be depressed without being, you know, sad. And it's because you can be, you can still be happy in your everyday life, but yet still be depressed. You can still lose that innate hope the the longing for the future right you become scared of the future when you're depressed and I'll, I'll take this personally but you know when i was definitely deep in my own depression i would just sit in bed i i was scared of change i i mean putting myself out there hurt me so much so why would i want to be exposed to that again so, I, yeah, I really think that this, this is just the number one example that I can think of that makes me think, yeah, depression is truly not an illness, but a loss of something human. And I, I, another thing, talking with other people and exchanging ideas and talking about the future and creating between people is also lost with a person with depression 
or just people with depression, right? I mean, what is it? A lot of people, I mean, a symptom of depression is the loss of passion. You don't want to do what you used to love to do. I mean, you know, like you see people who get depressed and all of a sudden their careers are just, they don't want to, they don't want to do it. You know, they don't want to be in science, right? They don't want to be in pre-med. They don't want to be in art. They don't want to, they don't want to take part in it anymore, even though they used to enjoy it the other day, right? Depression also causes mood swings, you know, with that same thought in mind. And I think this is, you can really tell that our culture accepts this and embraces this for some strange reason, because, I mean, you don't have to, even though people are saying, oh, do something you enjoy while you work, yet we encourage things that are purely out of joy, right? I mean, like, yeah, hmm. Yeah, let me step back a little bit. I think this is a little bit confusing. When you lose passion in this, like, careers, in these fields that you can improve at, you lose, you lose the sense of, I guess, self, like, self-awareness, the self-control to sit down and do something, not out of the pleasure of it, but out of the necessity, the fulfillment of it. Right. You don't like personally as a chemist, I don't constantly look at research papers at different analytical methods because I, you know, thoroughly enjoy, you know, reading through 10 page research papers. I don't think anyone truly enjoys that. It's more or less the fulfillment of finishing that research paper and being able to, you know, think that, damn, you know, I know a little bit more. But when you're depressed, when you lose this hope, this passion, you don't want to do that. You are now held down to the fundamental ego of a person, right? The fundamental desires of pleasure. And that's why you see a lot of people going towards, like, very physical pleasures, very instant desire, like, instant feedback versus long-term fulfillment. I mean, it's very obvious with trying to accept sex work as something that should be introduced to not only normal adults, but to children as well, which is very strange. I mean, granted, normalizing sex in the form that, you know, people should be educated of it, I think is fair, but educating people to accept it like, for their acceptance is not the same thing. I can still accept that you're a sex worker without accepting the fact that it's good work, you know? Like, it's the same thing with, like, I guess, arm de arms dealing. I, I personally believe in the Second Amendment, but I don't believe in just dealing arms because you want to accept weapons. I mean, there's a legal process to it. You, sh you know, there should be... A legal process for something quite as dangerous and i think sex should be held to a similar standard because it is very chemical based it is very it should be held at a much higher standard you shouldn't just be giving sex you shouldn't just be seeking sex for the sake of pleasure it should be a bonding moment in my 
well, in my opinion, of course, but uh, you don't just see it in that. I mean, you see it in like the creation of OnlyFans, of TikTok, of Instagram, of Snapchat. All of these social medias, these platforms, are they 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 look to give you an instant gratification, right? Like Instagram, you get likes, right? TikTok, you get one short garbage cringe video after another and it makes you giggle a little bit and you just go for more i mean like we can all agree that tiktok is at least somewhat cringy and it makes no sense but those one or two laughs we get are just so addicting because we really seek those immediate pleasures and i think a lot of people who a lot of people are actually truly depressed without even knowing it but they just don't they just think Oh, well, this lack of passion, this lack of motivation, you know, I, I'm just that. It, I'm, it's just part of who I am, and it's not true. People are not just not motivated to, you know, they just don't sit in bed. There's a reason why when in school, if you actually manage to get good grades, you're like, damn, I worked hard. I got a good grade. Or, you know, if you're not book smart, maybe you're... You're on the field and you finally made a, an eight-minute mile. Well, that, that's pretty impressive, you know, and you should be happy about that. Or maybe anything like, maybe a relationship. Maybe you've actually been able to hit it big in a relationship and you've, you know, achieved a two-year relationship. You know, like anything small, right? It's fulfillment. It makes you feel so much better than all of these simple pleasures and I think it's so evident in our, not just society, but if you look at your day-to-day -day interactions, I mean, everyone is relating to this fact that we all are probably just depressed. We have lost this, this need for fulfillment, for the development of our, in our lives, for improvement. We are just so content with sitting still and just being alive and you know as a lot of people say you may be living but you are not thriving while you are just sitting there and i th <clears throat> and it's so important to be able to go out there and find yourself and i i guess i'll that's really the end of that thought but i guess i'll d describe this from my own point of view i do come from a I would say a lower middle class family. It wasn't the best, it wasn't the worst. We didn't have no money, but we didn't have a lot of money. But we moved a lot. I was a very lonely child. I mean, we moved like, oh, 21 times. Oh, that's nuts. You know, like a lot of people, they say they move like three or four times and they have no friends. Yeah, imagine moving like once or twice every school year. That's a, <laughs> that's a whole new level, huh? But yeah, I, you know, I was uh, had very little social interactions. I had a single mother. She, and, uh, and I'll give it to her, she did try her absolute best to try and give us the best life as possible. But I was somewhat neglected. I would just go out by myself outside, just kick over rocks, just sit in the forest, just do nothing. And I, 
I mean, I grew up in a pretty racially uniform place. It was like around Royal Oaks, Michigan, near Detroit. It was a predominantly black and white, you know, setup. And for those who don't know, I am Asian. I'm Korean. And in those types of neighborhoods, it's it's a very different place from a suburban homogenous neighborhood right i mean tell me if anybody else thinks this way but in these types of i guess warring races toward just like sort of cities you do kind of have to pick a side and for me it was very tough to pick you know quote unquote pick a side because I, I mean, I personally didn't care. I just wanted a friend. But in order for me to make that friend, I had to pick a side. And for me, this was uh, when this was happening, or this mindset was going on, I was in middle school, maybe. And I decided to side with black kids. And it was a very... It was an interesting culture shock for me because I grew up in a Korean household, a very, very strict household. And my mom has lightened up a lot since then, but I, at the beginning it was quite, quite tough. And having that culture shock of the black culture was very strange to me. It was far more free. It was far more individualistic. It was definitely the i don't care you know i'll do what i want sort of thing but they still had a very strong character for each individual which i implemented within myself and i think i have you know i appreciate it but that was one of the things that kind of hurt me at the same time because i had a very hard time identifying myself having two different cultures kind of warring within me and I don't know if anyone else knows this, but Asians and the Asian community and the black community within the inner city or just city in general do not mesh well together. <laughs> Has not been very good times. And <clears throat> uh, my mom was not a very uh, racially accepting person. So I had a hard time accepting all of these things. On either side, by the way, because my friends did not like a lot of Asians and my mom didn't like, you know, a lot of black people. So I was very confused growing up. And I'm not going to, it did, it made me feel lonely. I was very, I was so confused. I had no goal in life. I mean, was I going to be a doctor? Well, I don't want to be a doctor, but I, I don't want to, you know, do anything that my friends are doing that doesn't interest me i i have no goal i have no place to go and you know after going through that for many years i mean i think i've only just recently after about 20 years of dealing with this really started accepting what has been going on and moving forward now that i've finished my college degree i'm able to make a career and start things over but it takes so long to get out of that rut, to find a place, to regain that childlike aspect that everyone has. Like Truly, everyone does have this. It's just we lose it somewhere. You know, something confuses us, something stops us from understanding. 
And I mean, I see this in a lot of a lot of people, not just you know other young men, but young women too that I know, who are told one thing, can't understand it, and then get confused and lost. And I'll, I'll <clears throat> and I'll just speak from the young man's perspective because. Although I do have plenty of young female friends who are going through these hard times, I don't know how they're thinking, you know, from, I guess, from their perspective. So I won't speak on their part. But from a young man's perspective growing up now, in the past 10, 20 years, it has been some of the most confusing and the most depression-filled years, period for a child to grow up in and i don't think of anyone else <clears throat> that agrees with this but a lot of guys are told one thing but then given another thing right if they act one way there are two communities telling them two different things right you have you know men saying to these boys to act tough to act masculine to act not exactly aggressive but to act you know, like you can hold your own, but then you have, I guess, I wouldn't say women, but the other side of that saying, stop that, that's, that's rude, you need to act this way and that way in order to be an actual man, and it's confusing. I mean, I guess a, an example of this you see in society is an incredible dichotomy between the quote-unquote chads versus i guess the simps or the virgins right you have the guys who have embraced the i guess the dude culture of hyper i guess not hyper but very masculine traits and really embodying that while on the other hand the <clears throat> i guess the admonishment of those traits for being rude for being too masculine, for toxic masculinity. And it is quite hard for, I guess, for a young man to determine what is going on. You know, what do we follow? Because we have our own pride. We do want to be seen as men. And both sides are playing to that, right? Do you want to be a man or not, <laughs> right? And as a young man, I think everyone wants to grow up be the, not just a strong man, but a respectable man. <clears throat> and I would hope for women, I, I'm not going to make any assumptions, but I, th I would think that they would have the same feelings for their own side, right? They would want to be a respectable woman. And I mean, for men, it's it, it's been really confusing. And I ask so many of my friends, many of them tell me that they are confused, they hate what's what they're being taught they hate being forced to be taught these things and it's kind of heartbreaking to see and i'm a personally very empathetic person so when i see this i i feel for these guys you know i was alone i was cast aside i was you know kind of i had to choose a side at that point i had to I was so confused, I was lost, and to see that in these guys, it was, it was kind of, it, it, I, like, if you 
ever say like look at that and tell them why are you suffering you're a man you're not a very nice person you know i don't think there's a single man out there who will tell a woman or just anyone anyone else that your their suffering is not valid but for some reason it feels like a man's suffering is invalid and by the way this is all just my own perspective and how a lot of men have depression as well as i do and this is a big part of my own depression and it comes from my own lack of guidance i mean i didn't have a father in my life i there is no good role model other than you know weird people near detroit i mean what else was i gonna do right it was just circumstance and you know i'll learn a lot of guys who have that exact situation where they're just near they have no father and all they have is their mom and some guy on the street that they're talking to or some friends that are going through the same thing and they all just have to rummage through life making a ton of mistakes and having no guidance and it's there's no help out there for guys and it it is frustrating it's so frustrating to not have anyone out there to guide you but yeah that's i would say that's generally a big thing why i was very down in the dumps <laughs> growing up but i mean like even now right i think this transition period that a lot of kids my age are going right mid or early mid 20s the transition period to being an adult you are the most lost you will ever be you don't know which career you're going for you don't know which direction you want who you want to be with and this is where most people either fall through become super depressed or they become the most successful people in the world right or just average which is perfectly fine of course and i mean we don't give people like me other young people the tools or the information the right information to succeed and it's kind of infuriating i mean we don't get taught how the ta like taxes work i mean i know how they kind of work but i i kind of hate doing them so i just give it off to a company and say here are my forms you know can you do it for me <laughs> i have no idea how to do them i other than just normal social cues i don't know how to you know deal with social situations especially after covid like does anyone else relate to that like just wanting to stay inside because social interactions are just annoying right and i mean right and that's just our culture now and it's so kind of yeah garbage <laughs> it feels like poo big poo and I don't want to deal with it. I don't think a lot of people want to deal with deal with it. It's it's very interesting to see the reactions towards the vaccines, the masks, mandates. Because I mean, you have so many people who are super paranoid and are willing to deal with this, or not even deal with, but to take in this loss of hope, this loss of forwardness, in order to stay inside and be depressed. But I mean, I. I think it's very nice to see that a lot of people don't want to stay inside. They want to 
create, they want to work, they want to further their careers by, you know, saying stop the lockdown, stop the masking, stop the vaccine mandates, let us be free. And it makes sense. You know? And and it's really interesting, right? Because those who are depressed love freedom but hate it at the same time, right? We love being able to do nothing. We love being able to sit inside, play video games, watch TV, just sitting in our bed doing nothing. But we hate that we have a choice to not do that, right? That choice makes us guilty. That makes us feel bad. It makes us want, or not even want, but it kind of inches us to move away from what we have now unless we fully accept it and just become, I guess, degenerates. And you see that a lot now where people will just accept it at this point. You know, just become a degenerate. You are, just work a, you know, a service job and make enough money to live and you'll be fine, right? But what, where does that get you, right? That doesn't solve anything. Getting an extra two or $3,000 from the government doesn't fulfill you. It just feeds into your desires, right? If you give $3,000 to some person who's staying inside depressed gaming, what's that going to do? They're going to buy a new PC. They're going to buy more games. They're just going to stay inside spending that $3,000. You're just feeding into their addiction. But why don't you just influence them to get a new job why don't you tell them it would try an instrument right you got three thousand dollars you got plenty of money to buy an instrument buy a guitar right and I, I don't understand why we don't just tell people stop embracing depression and try and grab your life by the horns you know and and deal with it it we're all gonna have sad times i mean for fuck's sakes, I felt like I've been sad my entire life. And only recently have I felt that dichotomy of happiness and sadness and really realized how traumatized and sad I was. You know, and to see people willingly throw away their their happiness. You know, imagine living in heaven but going willingly going to hell just to see how it feels like. And that's kind of what it looks like to me, <laughs> you know, being like willing to just go into, like just walk into the flames. And by the way, I'm not religious, which is hilarious. I'm very much a devout atheist, even though I would say devout very lightly. I would say, I guess I'll quickly explain that. I'm, I very much appreciate the values every religion can teach, like the morals. I, I'll, I'll say morals, okay? But I can't follow religion mostly because of my past traumas. And I, I'll, I might talk about that another day. But also, I guess let's continue on this topic. It's, uh, it's very... It's kind of... You know, when we look at solutions for depression, <clears throat> I thought it was very interesting when I ask other people, you know, I give them everything I think about when it comes to like all this stuff, right? How depression is truly not an illness, in my opinion. I think it is the loss of humanity, the loss of hope. So how do we solve that, right? And the number one thing I always hear is 
meds, 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 antidepressants, just take them. And that is so, that is, that is so demeaning to the human condition. You know, do you really have that little, do you believe in yourself that little that you're willing to go to antidepressants, alcohol, drugs to get out of this rut or to just feel pleasure where you don't anymore? You know, it's, it's very strange. And I mean, I hear so many stories of, oh, antidepressants helped balance my hormones and now I feel better. And granted, that can be the case, but 90% of the times, it's just you take a pill, you don't feel sad anymore, but you feel just as depressed. You feel just as hopeless. You feel just as lost. And that's why I really think that depression, just based off of this, is not an illness. You can't just gain depression and cure it with a pill. You have to change. It's a mindset. You have to change your own mindset. It all starts with you. You need to take responsibility. And I think that's the one thing I had to learn growing out of my depression was, I mean, when you have depression as a younger kid, I guess it's a lot easier to deal with because you never have to take responsibility. You're a kid. There's nothing for you to do. You just have to stay depressed and hope everything gets better. And that's kind of what I did. And then when I started transitioning to college, or I could, you know, even early, like high school, that's when my suicidal thoughts really came in. That's when all of those thoughts rushed in because I suddenly had responsibilities. I had to get to go to school and try and get a scholarship. I had to try and get into a good college, to be a doctor, to be a chemist, to do my own thing. And now that I had these responsibilities, I had shame disappointment in myself i all of a sudden had a reason to i guess think about suicide and it's such a selfish thing suicide truly is selfish in the fact that you want to get rid of your own suffering and your own suffering can be dodging your own responsibilities right i mean granted a lot of it can also be you know just the situation is completely shitty i mean i was neglected for most of my life, of course, that would be plenty of reason, but I never really looked at it that way. It was more or less that I just felt unfulfilled. I don't, I, I couldn't hold up to those responsibilities. And around mid high school is really when I decided, you know, fuck it. I'll start studying. I'll play an instrument. I'll do all these things. And it helped, honestly. I mean, because, I mean, really, once you start getting these successes under your belt, once you start realizing you're human and you can improve and you're good at things, you know, you don't just try something, fail, and never try it again. You try and try and try again. You try until you know you can't do it. You don't try just, you know, just once and go, ah, I tripped, so therefore it wasn't meant to. No, that's so stupid. You don't, don't do that. That, that is the essence of, you don't want that pessimistic mindset. That is what keeps you in that depressive state. Never do that. Ever. You fail once, so what? Try again. Right? You've, you got a 60 on a test, next test you'll get a 70. Next test you'll get an 80. Right? You... It happens and you adapt. You take responsibility for that failure and you do better. 
you don't just take that failure and simmer and let it simmer more and take another failure and put that in the pile that's how that's how you shame yourself that's how you you know get more disappointed in yourself and other people get disappointed in you too because obviously you're a young kid you have expectations and this happens to adults too right you know when you're on the job and you can't do your job right you know do you just give up do you just do nothing hell no if you do nothing you get fired and now you can't pay your bills but if you improve you know keep on going you get a raise you can get a promotion out of it right or if you think that job isn't going to get you anywhere do something else do something you you want to do right i mean for me i've always wanted to try and do a podcast because i i love thinking about things i like like doing these like just taking a topic and just saying my opinions on it not just my opinions but just my thought process on it and where i like to go with it and you know like anyone can do these things and uh, you know when everyone says you know anyone can do it they don't mean everyone can do everything because not everyone is you know gifted in everything i mean that's that's ridiculous but what they truly mean by everyone can do it is everyone can try everyone can have that innate sense like the the childlike you know joy of wanting to do wanting to try and trying it once failing and then doing it again right how many of you guys have been on a skateboard on a bike on or maybe you were doing jump ropes, right? Maybe like hopscotch. Maybe you were playing basketball for the first time and you were so excited to just try it, but you failed immediately. You fell off your bike. You dropped the ball while you were dribbling in basketball. You, you know, you've tripped over the ball in soccer or, you know, football as it should be, <laughs> right? Like how many times when you were a kid did you just give up? You probably never. Every <clears throat> every kid, kid wants to keep trying. Excuse me, but <clears throat> every kid wants to keep trying, and it is a mindset. It's a, I would say, and it's adult mindset to just try and just give up nowadays. Don't do that. Certainly, don't do that. Don't give up. Try and find hope. <clears throat> find that thing you look forward to. You know. <clears throat> look for something actively be i be the person that's pushing your life forward don't be pushed along because when you do that that's when you're truly depressed that's when you know that you're just living life and just breathing and just sitting there you know there's a reason why they make fun of gen z and even millennials and we even make fun of ourselves, right? Neckbeards, like gamers, uh, what is it, e-girls? I mean, they make fun of us because we truly have lost our hope. And, I mean, developing that tough skin and looking at everything as criticism, even insults, right? Like, why were these people making fun of me? You know? And then you t take think of it logically and granted i mean i i said this before right depression is the essence of desire you when you're depressed you only look for desirable things right alcohol drugs sex right 
food, all of these things that once you do it, once you get it, you just feel pleasure, but then it goes away just like that. So you get more and more. So yeah, depression is the essence of desire. You're, you're just are nothing more than just, I guess, monkey brain as to put it in more of a meme perspective. <laughs> but stop. You need to control yourself. You need to say to yourself, I'm not gonna, I guess when it comes to the sex part, I'm not gonna go out and go clubbing and have sex with all these, you know, with, a, with another chick, with another guy. I'm not gonna masturbate. Or if you're drugs, I'm not gonna take a, I'm gonna take one less hit of this, this blunt, right? I'm gonna slowly move towards being sober, right? Moving towards being able to deal with life without anything else, you know, obstructing it. Obviously, okay, I say these things, but if you want to drink for fun or have weed like on the, the down low, just have fun with friends, I don't care. But when you do these things to escape, when you do these things to get away from it, to get away from the pain, that doesn't work. It does the same thing as, as just wallowing in your own suffering. Nothing. It just makes you even worse. Now, now you're addicted to weed. You have another problem to deal with on top of your depression. Now you're an alcoholic. You have another problem, right? Not like, what do you do? And it's, and like that's why I highly, I I disapprove of a lot of things happening in today's culture, and the fact that it it makes it worse. You know, if you're depressed, you should not accept. Okay. Accept sex workers for who they are, but you should not accept it as the norm. You should not accept masturbation, okay, as the like the key source of your, I guess, relief in terms of that stuff. You should try and look to fulfill yourself, right? Don't don't look for these material goods. I mean, like they say, money can't buy you happiness, and it's true. All of these things require money of some sort, while prestige and reputation don't. You don't need money to have a good reputation in your career, you know? You don't have to have money to be fulfilled. Granted, that's what some people want, and you know, I'll go for that, I don't care. But <clears throat> the majority of us are not like that. We do need an instrument. We need to be good, we want to be good at an instrument. We want to be good at art. We want to be fulfilled. We want to have a relationship, a family. We want to protect that family. And we should not get rid of it. <clears throat> a nuclear family is very important for a, a society like ours. And being able to accept people and cultures for who they are is very important as well. <clears throat> and I guess I put this out there because I, th I think when you're like when you're depressed, I mean, I say this a lot. A lot of young people push away new things, like new cultures, new experiences, new everything. And they only bring in things that they like. And it's very prevalent in, I would say, politics, which I'm not going to get into, but it's so prevalent in, on both sides, by the way. I, I'm going to say this. It's both sides, right? And... So what? Why? Why? Why would you care? Like, stop. 
you know, just focus on yourself. Who cares about the material goods? You know, focus on your own fulfillment. All, like, who cares if this person isn't wearing a mask? Who cares if this person is, you know, like, I don't know, like, I guess pro-abortion? Or, like, I'm just trying to think of stuff from opposite side of the spectrum. <laughs> but, <clears throat> it's like, so what? Granted, I mean, I hear so many people on both sides, right? Like, stop being... Like they're they're saying just be an activist, right? Start being activists. And I disagree with that. Like be an activist if you want. And you know, do that. But there are so many young guy not guys, but just people who've lost their way. And you can't just be an activist. You can't be an activist if you're lost. Cause then you just follow a path that someone else carved for you. Don't do that. Don't follow another person. You need to find your own path, and then you can support a cause. And I mean this for both sides. If you, like, if you're supporting, like, the like a like Trump, or if you're supporting Biden, either of them, and it's just because your friends told you so, or it's just because you heard it on the news, and you or just you heard that these valleys were good or these were bad. Stop. Reevaluate yourself. I'm gonna be honest, that's probably why you may be depressed. You're not your own person. Trust me, when you have your own points of views that you can be proud of and defend honestly and earnestly, you feel so much better. Truthfully. And this for both sides too. Like I personally believe in gun rights. I would love to own a gun other than a Glock, which I do own. And thanks to my uncle, thank you. But, you know, I'm not going to go up to another person and force them to be indoctrinated upon what I say, because they would not be happy, you know, following what I say, or at least not everyone. Like, my girlfriend is very similar in that aspect, where she's more of a pacifist. We've come to a little bit of an agreement to, you know, like, where I'll, I'll only get one, one gun, but that's mostly just because, you know, because I would much rather protect my family than you know, like, wave around a kitchen knife at some guy with a gun, that would, that would be pretty shitty, <laughs> right, but, uh, it's like, you know, it's like, it's one thing to be, like, to say something, say you believe in something, but it's another thing to have hope in what you believe in, you know, I, I mean, I have hope in science. I, I mean, I'm a scientist for fuck's sakes. Of course I do. But I don't say it's... Yeah, I think science is a perfect way of basically saying... That was, that was my salvation when I was depressed. It was because it taught me to improve. Because science is not the truth. It is the pursuit of truth. Nothing in science is the truth. It is all theory based on things we can observe. Granted, there are some laws of science, but that's because they're so repeatable that there's no other explanation. And it, science has really helped me understand myself and the world, because you have to look at every variable. You have to improve. You can't be stable. Or, okay, not stable. You can't be stagnant.
That's a much better word. You can't be stagnant. If you're stuck in one point of view, then you're not doing science correctly, right? You can, like, you can believe that quantum mechanics is real one day, but the next day someone proves that it's wrong, <laughs> right? And that means all the chemistry wrong, and then I'm out of a job. But, you know, <laughs> it's. I think it's a good a good example of that. But yeah. Uh, I I guess that's. I mean, that's that was my salvation, and. For people, I want people to find that, and you need to—you really need to find a way for you to improve and have a direction, you know, right? I think we've all been there though at one point, right? Feeling that one moment in your life, you're like, "Man, my life is going well. I know where I'm going," and it feels great. It feels so much better than just being a stagnant—I don't know piece of bread in a pool rotting away that <laughs> uh, doesn't feel great and i mean i can all be really small too right I don't know, okay i say this is small but like you know working out right taking the small steps cleaning your room making sure you're nice and clean you know good hygiene and then you can go to career right then you can go to relationship right improving yourself first and then introducing yourself to the world, right? Every, and I think it's really true that, that the reason why we study the mind so much, and I find it so fascinating, is that we don't know a lot about the mind, right? We understand that the placebo effect is existent, but why does it work? Why does it, why do we just believe and it works, right? Isn't that amazing? And I think that proves one thing, and that's our mindset is our greatest virtue, our greatest value in humans. I mean, our ability to just be happy and everything goes well is so incredible. It's it's insane. How how does that happen? Why is it that once our mindset changes, we all of a sudden can we're we're just different people, right? I mean, I'm telling you, once you adopt a more optimistic mindset from a pessimistic one, your life turns around everything turns brighter, right? Now you can suddenly change your life, right? Once you start looking to improve yourself versus looking at how people are trying to hurt you, your life just improves suddenly because now you're not looking at the bad stuff. You're looking at how you can be better. I'm, I'm telling you, it's so much nicer. It changed me so much. And I, I'm a lot happier. I mean, I would say that I'm still... I have remnants of that depression, but it's not as nearly as bad as it used to be. And I mean, I guess I'll, I've pretty much talked about everything that I would want to talk about. I'm kind of like tuckered out, <laughs> but I, I want to say that I really wanted to talk about this over all the other stuff that I wanted to talk about because my, my girlfriend has really she's gotten into a depressive rut and it's it's affecting me too quite a bit i mean when the person you love is depressed it makes you quite depressed too you know and she she's never really dealt with this type of depression before and since she doesn't know how to deal with it or what the signs are she's kind of avoiding me and it kind of hurts i'm not gonna lie i don't you know 
early trauma. It doesn't feel good. But uh, it just made me really think about this topic and like how my girlfriend feels like, I mean, she's, she's about to graduate college. She is, she's in that phase of her life where she has to choose her own path and she feels lost. She's, she's overwhelmed. Everything's kind of going sour in the fact that she doesn't know where to go. And I can't help her because it's her path. And it kind of sucks. And granted, she said some very strange things to, in order to try and remedy that. And I mean, when, in my opinion, when you're in that situation, you should not be, you no, know, you should not be rash, right? Any decision you make while you're depressed is a rash decision, or at least most of them, right? I mean, a lot of people who are depressed do, I mean, all those you know, earthly things, I guess it's very cliche to say, but like drugs, alcohol, all that stuff, right? It's rash things. Suicide is rash. You should not do commit suicide, you know, unless actually, is there a reason? <laughs> if you can tell me, I guess I'm all ears, but I don't believe there is a, a true reason to commit suicide. You know, it's not a, it's not a fair thing to do to a person, to take away their chance to improve, to find that hope. That's, it's cruel. You shouldn't do that. And, yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess that's really it. That's all I really have to talk about. I really kind of poured everything into that, every, like all of my thoughts. Uh, yeah, if you guys wanted to hear any more about this, maybe, I mean, I could think of so many stories I could tell about this and how it's affected my life, but if you have any other things you want me to talk about or at least think about so I can make another episode on, that'd be great. I'd love to uh, talk about anything, honestly, but yeah, uh, follow me on Instagram. Uh, let's see, we're, I think my Instagram is on my uh, description podcast description but it is at thinking emoji zero i'm pretty sure and yeah just have a good day and please be well goodbye